0: Percy, I'm sure you've heard about these distressed jeans that individuals are paying expensive amounts of money for. I don't know, you may have a closet full of them, but uh, you you know all about this, right?
1: <laughs> you know what? I do not own a pair of these at all, but uh, what I will say is this, I believe it goes along the same school of thought of older vintage furniture as well. People okay. talk about, you know this distressed furniture that looks like you know it's been worn and tattered. And as I understand this concept, Uh, It's the idea of a higher valuation of something that has been through a process of being battered and worn, showing that it has character. Perhaps this is worthy of a discussion today regarding a cancer journey.
0: Yeah. Last week, we met uh, Dr. Benson, and he's back for a conversation this week. He's a clinical family therapist, and he's coming up now here on the benefit of suffering while on his own journey of cancer. The following program is produced and sponsored by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment and prevention. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome everyone to Health, Hope and Inspiration with Percy McRae. Reverend McCray is National Director of Specialized Outreach at City of Hope. And my name is Wayne Shepard, privileged to be here in conversation with my friend each week. And Percy, you uh, introduced us to a guest last week that we just had too much to share. We're coming back with him again today.
1: Yeah, once we engaged in conversation, it was clear and obvious that we were going to need another separate uh, set of time to discuss a very important topic that we have not talked about on this platform. I always look for unique Uh, topics to kind of continue with this discussion and it's around suffering Mm. and he was very adamant that he wanted to unpack what he thought he has learned and appreciated about his path of experiencing suffering on his cancer journey and what does that mean mentally emotionally and theologically from a faith perspective. And so we're going to talk about that
0: today. If you weren't with us last time, the beauty of the podcast is you can go back in the archive and listen again to that first or listen for the first time to that conversation with Dr. Benson, which Mm -hmm. was just last week in number 382 in our podcast series. And we look forward to what he'll share with us this week. So thanks for subscribing to the podcast, by the way. So many new subscribers. That's really encouraging, Percy.
1: We're excited, we're blessed, and we are appreciative as those of you continue to sign up and say that this show matters, that there's something that's being said. You know, we are now in a in the podcast universe. Everybody has a podcast today, <laughs> right? And so to kind of cut through the clutter and noise of what everyone else is saying, to have a distinct voice and a distinct message is important. And we believe that, you know, the topic of cancer mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual is an important subject, and that there are many people who have something to say about it. So thank yeah. you for riding with us and being on board with us as we continue to highlight this discussion and keep it to the forefront for sure.
0: Indeed. Thank you all. All right. Before I ask Percy to share scripture and before we meet our guest today, let's uh, let's look at some of the comments we received, especially one that came to us from St. Francis, Minnesota, Percy.
1: Yep. And it says, I fought for and beat stage three breast cancer in 2020 while going through a divorce. Mm. I love to help someone else. How can I do that with you guys? Again, going Uh-oh. back to the original point, we have people that are reaching out with yeah. their stories. Love the their spirit their here. Yeah. I do. Absolutely. And so, my response is twofold. Number one is that first and foremost, uh, we are affiliated with a program called Cancer Fighters at City of Hope. Uh, it's a subsidiary uh, kind of program that we have of volunteers, of people from all across the United States who basically uh, share their stories, connect with other cancer patients. And as I was thinking about uh, what would be a good connection for uh Uh, St. Francis, Minnesota, uh, I want to give you this information. Please feel free to go to cancerfighters.com, cancerfighters.com, and hit the Share and Discuss button to connect with hundreds of other cancer patients across the U.S. What's interesting about this comment is I've had, unfortunately, uh, you know, opportunity where I've had to support individuals, both men and women, who experienced divorce uh, as a result of being told that they were cancer patients and their and their spouses said that they they simply did not have the mental, emotional uh, wherewithal to kind of hang in there. And so this is a very common reality and there are a lot of people who are experiencing this. And so uh, St. Francis, Minnesota, you can be a huge support to probably others who have gone through this or are going through this. So please go to cancerfighters.com and hit the share and discuss button. This also is a program that is sponsored by City of Hope, uh, was created for the very purpose by which you have asked, how can you uh, help and get engaged with others? And then the other thing I will say to you is, uh, I would ask you to send us back your direct contact information uh, so that I can reach out to you. And then let's sit down and talk about, maybe we can do a show where I can interview you Hmm. and talk about maybe some of the dynamics of what took place with your journey and how you worked through that and speak to this audience on this platform. That's so a good idea, yeah. Yeah, reach back out to us and uh, with some direct contact information, and then we'll get together and talk from there.
0: To reach us, use the website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Connect, and you can uh, type in your question, your comment, uh, the other information there, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and then click on Connect. Well, let's turn to the Scripture now,
1: Percy. Our spiritual nugget, Romans 5, verses 3 through 5, says this, And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Our boast is not in ourselves, but it's in the glory of God. Why? Verse 3, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. And that's what we're going to talk about today is suffering and the challenge of suffering and going through suffering. Because we know, what do we know or what should we know? But we know that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Today, we're going to hear from a clinical professional who was on the other side of the table now uh, as a cancer patient, who was going to talk about his experience and his uh, insight and his belief of what his suffering did for him. And in theory, what it will do for others, despite being unpleasant, that it has a benefit and a value to it. Today, we're going to hear that conversation.
0: Yes, Dr. Benson coming up in a moment. Have you ever wanted to find answers to your cancer-related questions? With City of Hope for Alexa, now you can. The Cancer Center for Alexa Skill is a voice-activated question-and-answer tool empowering users to ask Alexa questions they may have about cancer or services available at City of Hope. The skill can answer over 800 questions on more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. To access this, you or anyone you support can simply say Alexa Enable Cancer Center to any Amazon device. You can also access this tool on a smartphone by downloading the Alexa app. All right, let's meet our guest now. Here again is Percy.
1: Hey, 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 it's Pastor P. I'm back. And as promised, I'm following up with a previous conversation with Dr. Steve Benson, uh, who is a licensed clinical medical health counselor, uh, but also is a stage three colorectal cancer patient diagnosed September 2021. Uh, At the time of this recording, uh, no longer actively in any treatment, He received chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery. Uh, We talked about that in the first segment and first conversation that we had. And if you didn't hear that, please go back for contextual framework, because it'll help to set up this conversation that we're going to have today. And that is, we're going to talk about something that he feels very important that was part of his own experience, but even from a a clinical medical perspective, as well as a, a theological perspective as being a person of faith. And that is the... The whole topic of suffering, and so today we're going to talk about walking the path of suffering. Welcome back to the mic, Doc. How you doing, buddy?
2: I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> well, you, you 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 just you got so much to say, and particularly on this particular topic, I don't think that I've ever really in depthly talked about suffering in the relationship. Of a cancer journey uh, for patients. And and though we are very inspirational and aspirational on this platform, we do also try to be very balanced because everything is not, you know, uh, sugar plums and rainbows when you're walking through a cancer journey. Right, Doc? No. And so we we're going to we're going to talk about and you felt very compelled and you've done s- some of your own public speaking on the topic of suffering. So today, let's get into that. And we we kind of introduced the idea of this uh in the first conversation. Uh so let's start this way. Let's first define because you said you experienced some suffering as a cancer patient and and being in this Uh, arena for close to three decades I know that on some level to a certain degree there can be an element of suffering that cancer patients have to experience and so let's define from your POV point of view uh suffering what does that mean from your perspective sir
2: Mm, Great. well I we're down a little definition but here's the uh, what I think of suffering is that it's a crisis in life that takes you out of your normal pattern to expose your inner heart And bring you into a maturity of the soul and into the gospel narrative.
1: Oh, I love that. I I love the definition. I love the because I think that when the average person thinks about suffering on a surface level, they think about only something physically pain related. But it can be more than that. It can be deeper than that. And so I appreciate the the breadth and the width of that definition. But the other thing that I heard there that I'd like to unpack a little bit is this terminology that you're using gospel narrative. What do you mean when you say gospel narrative in this context?
2: Well, what I mean by it is that is that the whole Bible is about Jesus, and from Genesis to Revelation, and God is moving a narrative of of creation in Genesis chapter one, fall Genesis one and two, creation fall, um, Genesis chapter three, all the way to Revelation, mm-hmm. where God redeems our narrative. So I want to read a couple of verses real quick. Um, this is in Revelation chapter twenty one. Uh, this is uh, spoken by Jesus to the churches, and um, and he says this in one seventeen. He says, "Do not be afraid. I am the first and last. I'm the living one. I was dead, and now look, I'm alive forever." And then in Revelation two eight, he says, "No, these are the words of him who is first and last, who died and came to life again." Right there in those two sentences, you have the gospel narrative. That Jesus came to redeem pain and redeem suffering through suffering of the cross. Okay. And 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 where these fall in theologically, where these fall theologically is right before the seven churches that are described in Revelation, one of the churches has suffering. And that verse who died and came to life right after that is, I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you're rich. I know the slander, and Jesus is saying, I know your suffering. I've been with you. I see it. Yeah. So the gospel narrative is Jesus redeeming all things.
1: So when I hear that, and again, being a person that, that is familiar with this arena, you know, theological schools of thought, et cetera, et cetera, is, it's safe to say then from your interpretation and your perspective that suffering is part of the path and the journey of being a human being and therefore yes. walking the path of suffering, because I think a lot of people struggle with And we'll get into this in just a second, suffering and the relationship with God. But let's talk about quickly just some quick uh, bullet points of some areas in which you experience suffering during your cancer journey, just to highlight very quickly.
2: Oh, highlight real quick. the I mean, the chemo brain, the IV chemo, the radiation. Um, I think one of the things that I really wrestled with um, in my own personal journey Was the fact of powerlessness
1: Ah,
2: when you're dealing with cancer, cancer is inside of you. That's huge. You can't do anything about it. You are powerless. Yeah.
1: Or as I like to say, loss of control. There's a lot of loss. Right, right, right. Absolutely.
2: And see, powerlessness from a clinical perspective, because I'm a counselor, powerlessness either leads people to do one or two things. Either one, they try to control situations or circumstances and they want to gain
1: power. Yep.
2: Or number two, um, it leads them to having no voice and it leads them to not make decisions and it leads them to have a victim mentality. Yeah. Why me? I it, It's all about me and it's a victim. So you either try to get control or you lose your voice. That's what powerlessness does.
1: And it's interesting, Doc, and I appreciate this kind of clinical kind of approach to this because uh, as I often use the terminology and as one uh, spiritual mentor of mine once told me, he said the key to success in life is learning how to stay out of the ditch. Get in the middle of the road. Uh, mm-hmm. We can get into a ditch to the left or we can get into the ditch on yeah. the right. And the example that you just gave, and I appreciate that. I'm blessed by that, is the dynamic of, of what can happen when one is trying to. Uh, manipulate areas of control when they feel like they're out of control or they feel powerless or they then take on a victim's mentality. And the bottom line is, and I guess and I'm I'm presuming that that's where we're going to go with this conversation is that then here's, here's the million dollar question. Someone that's listening to this and I'm sure someone will write me and email me and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear all of that. But how does a loving God allow his children who who we say he loves and that he adores and that we're the apple of his eye and you know we're created in his likeness and image. Why does a loving God allow his creation to suffer? What say mm. you, Doc?
2: How many how many hours we got?
1: Hours we, got? <laughs> we 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 only got we only got about fifteen minutes, Doc. That's it.
2: Uh, many people have written on that. There are so many books and so many things. But I would say this that that suffering is what moves you to maturity uh, because in James chapter one, it says, consider pure joy, my brothers, whenever you whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know, the test in your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work. So you may be mature mm-hmm. and complete. So part of the goal of suffering is maturity. You only really mature through pain. Mm-hmm. Pain is what moves us to maturity. I tell all my clients that this is going to be hard and this is going to be painful because you have to mature in character. And part of maturing in character is to go through pain of how you're living your life and changing how you're living your
1: life. And what I love about this doc, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my working definition of character, another spiritual mentor of mine. And you I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with you in any way. Oh. But coming from 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 where your your vantage point clinically and as well as one as you stated in your first conversation, who sit who also has sat on the other side of the clinical table, you also have been a recipient of of clinical care and in need of clinical care, <laughs> yeah. is that at the end of the day, and I think that you're right, uh the name of the game is developing and becoming a people of character and, 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 and and in character also for me is the word integrity. And I had a spiritual mentor of mine told me, he said, if you really want to know the definition of character and integrity, he said, go to your local park and find a statue. And I want you to take a look at its position and its posture when it's raining outside, when it's, Mm -hmm. when it's hot outside, when it's cold outside, when the local, uh, dogs come by and do their business against mm. uh, its base, he said it never changes its position. It stays mm. in place. And mm. and being able to be people of character and integrity is being able to maintain a posture no matter what the environmental circumstances are around us. And so when you read the James Scripture, and let's take it out of the theological framework just yep. for those who may be yep. listening, who may not be a Christian or who may not be of a Christian <laughs> persuasion, uh, again, the goal of having character and integrity will carry any of us through life challenges and hardships and circumstances if we can maintain yeah. a position that allows us to work through a season in our life. And I think that that's what I'm hearing you say.
2: Uh, I love that illustration because that's exactly what it does, is it bring, brings character rooting and grounding and transformation.
1: Yeah. So your character is transformed by pain and suffering. Okay. Got it. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Doc, it may be the best explanation I've ever heard from a clinical. And then we're going to because this is kind of a hybrid clinical theological uh, approach to this. So somebody is going to be blessed by that. You also said to me, Doc, along the lines. And again, bear in mind uh, for that person that's listening. You have been walking this path. This is not just a theological conversation yeah. or a or a philosophical conversation. You've been walking this journey.
2: I've been walking through this. Absolutely.
1: Is that you said that obedience, humility, and surrender is part of one's journey in life. Talk about it.
2: Yeah. Let me get to, let me give you a story of this and, and wrap all this together. Yep. Um, I did eight rounds of chemo. Uh, it really affected my body a lot. Um, and I usually there's two weeks between chemos. I would actually average three. And I got the chemo number um, eight. Now, chemo number seven was the worst one for me. Okay. It, it was very hard, uh, just not only emotionally, but physically. And I had got the chemo eight, and I told my doctor that I don't think I can do chemo eight. And he said, your body is saying, I'm I'm done. And he said, I tell you what what I want you to do. Let's take your blood work. Let's take your tests. Mm -hmm. And if your blood work comes out negative or bad for the standards that you need for chemotherapy, we are skip it. Okay. But if the blood work comes out good, I want you chemotherapy. So I did all the blood work and it took about an hour and a half, hour and 15, 20 minutes or so. Yeah. And for it to come back. And so I'm sitting in the chair in the room with all the people doing the, the IV treatments uh, with masks and COVID and all the other stuff. And I am wrestling with God. And I'm saying, I don't care what it is. I'm 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 walking out of here. I'm done. I can't do this anymore.
1: And not to mention, as a quick mo- point, because when yes. during the COVID period of time, this is during the period of time, where patients have to be alone inside of the Absolutely. medical facility. No one can come in with you, no caregiver. So no you're Right, so you're doing this all by yourself.
2: Yeah, it's you and, the, and I had 10 other people. So we formed a community, but there's nobody else there besides us. And so I'm wrestling with this. I'm wrestling with, with this whole idea, do I suffer again? Mm-hmm. Do I suffer more? Mm-hmm. And what's going on in my mind is I ask myself the question, do I really believe that God is sovereign?
1: Yeah, it's a big question.
2: Do I really believe that God put these people in my life for my care? Or am I going to walk away and do my own thing and my own agenda, my own wants and my own wishes? And I had to wrestle with that that thought. Yep. Am I going to be obedient to God's sovereign will? Am I going to be humble to endure the process even though it's hard? And number 3, am I going to surrender to the care of these people? To the
1: process, yeah.
2: To the process. So I get so I'm there wrestling and the nurse comes in, she knows what's going on. She gets down on her knee in front of me and she says to me, your blood work come back came back well. Okay. Do you want chemo eight? Mm. And at that point, I had to make a decision because it's up to me to decide. They're not going to force it on me. That's correct. I had to decide and I said, let's go for it. Okay. Because at that point, I became obedient, humble, and I surrendered.
1: I love it, Doc.
2: And see, that's what suffering does is I chose suffering over my own personal agenda. Yep. I was choosing suffering in the safety of God's sovereignty.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: I was choosing that, and here's the here's the part that I want to add is, after my surgery, I asked my doctor who did the surgery.
1: Uh-huh.
2: can and I see the cancer. Yeah, and he showed me the pictures of the cancer, and then he said to, and then he said this to me. He said, "Steve, I want to let you know that you had just the right amount of chemotherapy for me to go in and get it, get it all." Wow. You had just the right amount.
1: Yeah, yeah. Despite.
2: I don't know if he he knew the backstory. I don't know if he knew what would happen. I I don't know if they put notes on all that. But the very fact that I chose suffering was was part of the process of healing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, And what's amazing about that, Doc, because again... Even in your first conversation, we talked a little bit about that despite some of the side effects, because I think that for people that are listening, I want people to hear this contextually, despite the side effects of your chemotherapy and 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 in some cases, even uh, the after effects of of your surgery, because you had some after effects from your surgery as well. And, you know, radiation, then to come back and make the statement that you just made is powerful. And it's important because, again, Uh, It helped you to make a decision not based upon uh, your intellectual, emotional feelings about the situation at the time.
2: Yep. It made me go, I'm going to trust and I'm going to step up because God has put these people in my care. And he was using suffering to smooth out my jagged edges. He was using suffering to mature me as a father, a husband, a clinician. He was using all this to change me. Into the person I am today.
1: And so, with that, let's transition because I want you, you took me right where I want to go. And you told me this before we started recording. I thought this was amazing, but not surprising because this is very typical of most cancer journeys, if not all cancer journeys, if people are open to uh, a lot of what you've already unpacked. And I thank you for that. And that is, uh, as a clinician, as somebody who is working with others, helping people work through some of their. Dynamics and their challenges in your life. Your cancer journey, you told me, actually helped to impact your clients. How so? Give us a couple of scenarios or, or, you know, how, how, what happened here?
2: It was amazing. Uh, I I had to make the decision to reveal this because as a clinician you almost are not do you reveal these things or do you not but right uh, in my case I had a I had a pack on me with chemotherapy running through so they would see it anyway so they knew
1: something so, was up yeah
2: so they would know something's up so uh, at the end of the sessions I was doing marriage counseling I give you two stories uh, first story is I was doing marriage counseling and and I would tell the clients at the end of the session um, what was going on with me. So the session, the, the husband was being self-centered. He was really being picky about things with his wife. He didn't see it. And then at the end of the session, I said, okay, um, let me reveal. And I told him I had cancer. And he started crying. Mm. And he had tears in his eyes. And I asked him, are you okay? Uh-huh. And he said, no. And I said, what's going on? And he said, I just realized something. All throughout the session, I've been so selfish and so picky on my wife. And here you are sitting in front of me with cancer. Yeah. Listening to me. Be selfish. Wow. Wow. And I just got a bigger view of my selfishness. Wow. And we ended up uh, therapy about six months later. They are doing well. I just heard from them over Christmas. Great. And... uh, at the end of the session, at the end of my time with clients, I say, "What What was the session that was the turning point mm-hmm. in your marriage in this season? What was the turning point?" And he said, "That session that you told me you had cancer. Wow! That made me realize how selfish, arrogant, how much I live for myself instead of for God and my wife." Yeah, awesome. Absol- absolutely, amazing. Awesome. absolutely
1: amazing. Awesome. Awesome talking wow. about being a testimony right wow
2: yeah the second one was more from was more impactful on my end okay but impacted her okay um, so let me give you that scenario I'm working with a woman she's struggling with her adult uh adult um I just had keep my brain um daughter mm-hmm. in her choices and her adult daughter's in choices and the sessions, all she's talking about is her pain. Okay. And she's not talking about her daughter's pain, or she's not talking about any. She's just talking about her. Mm-hmm. Now, in the process of meeting with her um, at night, I was actually in pain because I saw clients at at night. I was actually in pain from my rectal cancer.
1: Okay. Pain.
2: So I'm actually sitting in pain, mm. uh, sometimes tremendous pain. Yeah. While she's talking about her own pain. And um, so finally at the end of the third session, I revealed her, I said to to her, and I'm just going to create a name for confidentiality, Uh, Jenny. I said, Jenny, let me describe something to you. While you've been talking about your pain for the last three weeks, I have been sitting here in excruciating pain. Mm. And then she said, She asked, why are you here? Why don't you go home? And I said, because Jenny, you are more important than my pain. Mm. You are more important than my pain. So let me ask you a question. Is your daughter more important than your own pain? Mm. She came back that next week and she said, I had never thought of that before. I've been so sitting around talking about my pain and what she's doing to me that my daughter's more important than my pain. Wow. And she got it. Yeah. It was like the light turned on in Jenny's heart. And so it was my pain that actually moved into her pain Mm. and convinced her of her own selfishness and convinced her of her own looking inward instead of looking outward. It was absolutely amazing. And see, that's what God does with pain. God makes us look outward and upward. Right. And makes us, instead of looking at ourselves, he uses pain for good. Okay. And it was absolutely wonderful to watch. And honestly, this, this story was taking place when I was walking through with chemotherapy eight.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: As I'm doing with chemotherapy seven and eight, (laughs) this is what's actually happening on the flip side. Yeah. That
1: big turning point. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Big turning. It was absolutely incredible to watch God use pain for purposes. Wow. That were beyond my understanding his narrative, his story beyond what I could ever imagine that God would use pain for gospel sum purposes. Because God uses all things for, for His good. good to redeem yeah. all things. Yeah. So those are just two two stories. There's a lot more, but those are two.
1: Well, those are that, those are powerful. Uh, I think they speak profoundly to the topic that we've endeavored to to try to unpack here, and that is walking walking the path of suffering and and answering, and or at least providing some perspectives. Yeah on on for some a very difficult conversation
2: absolutely and, and it's hard and 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 these are and honestly first I, I don't mean to interrupt you but i i mean walking through pain is hard and they're in in and and, and, it, and it's gut wrenching yeah yeah and there's no easy solutions
1: right and i appreciate that caveat because again certainly you you never suggested at all that this was going to be a day on top of you know faith mountain with your cape flowing in the air with your theme music in the background right you know yeah. this is this is hard work this is difficult and and what is what is true about this to this conversation and to this community being a cancer patient is tough in, in addressing yes. the dynamics mental emotional physical theologically spiritually uh this is a hard hard thing to do and that's the reason why we have this platform and i want to say thank you Because it's the reason why we try to talk to people like you to give real uh, practical experiences and points of views as we try to be inspirational, aspirational, hopeful, but also, you know, get into the nitty gritty of the reality of the conversation that nobody else wants to have about cancer today. You have heard from uh, Dr. Steve Benson. Uh, He is uh, a stage three colorectal cancer a patient diagnosed in September 2021 uh, at the recording of this show, uh, no longer actively in treatment and uh, has received radiation, chemotherapy and surgery. Uh, and he is a licensed clinical medical health counselor. And thank God for his gift and his calling. And thank God for your life, sir. Keep thank on you. keeping thank it Thank you off. for this. You're welcome. Thank you for
2: this platform. Oh. I is so appreciate it.
0: Well, let's talk about this conversation in a moment with Pastor McRae here on Health, Hope & Inspiration. But first, if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope with locations from coast to coast. Their team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals. There are graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, volunteers and support staff, all united by their desire to find cures and save lives. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about City of Hope. Or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-H-O-P-E. City of Hope uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Dot .com Well I got to tell you Percy just listening to you two it was remarkable uh the experience that you both have in this field of encouraging people on their cancer journeys and having Dr Benson here was especially especially good today
1: it, it was it was I I appreciated and enjoyed this conversation and I appreciated the fact that again he he can speak from two different perspectives as being one who has provided support to people and then needing to receive support and he talked about how even with some of his patients They helped him as he was very open with them about, you know, undergoing, you know, cancer treatment and how they spoke life into him. But the other thing that I took away from this conversation that I thought was super important was his working definition of the word suffering. And Mm -hmm. what does that mean from Mm -hmm. his perspective? And he defined suffering as a crisis in life that takes you out of your normal pattern to expose your inner heart and bring you into a maturity of the soul, and to and then into the gospel narrative. Wow! So, yeah, that's a that's a lot to, to process, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, and 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 for me to synthesize that, you know, because I think when people hear the word suffering, they they typically think about something more physical mm-hmm. than not. Mm-hmm. And suffer, certainly, there can be a physical dynamic to suffering, obviously. But I thought that this was an expanded definition that that was inclusive of more than just physical pain if you will or discomfort anything that basically takes you out of your normal pattern to expose what's really in your heart is a is a type of suffering and that you know he spoke very candidly about that
0: yeah this whole concept that suffering produces growth in us i mean that's that's profound
1: it is profound, and and when we sit and think about it, and there may be some who may disagree with that, and and you know, and I asked the question, you know, using the term devil's advocate for lack of a better term, <laughs> you know, why would a loving God allow us to suffer or go through things that would cause us to suffer? And He gave the response because basically suffering moves us to maturity; it moves us to character development. And, and I can wrap my head around that. I can embrace that. Uh, I don't like it, just like anyone else at the end <laughs> no, of the day. No, I certainly, no. And I certainly wouldn't want to volunteer for it, but I can certainly look back on my own life of areas that that made me uncomfortable, that took me out of my normal path of, of just kind of ease, that that forced me to grow and to, to develop and to mature, that ultimately created and developed some character in me that was much needed for something else that was coming down the pipeline. And I was grateful for that experience despite not enjoying it at the moment.
0: Yeah. Well, I have a suggestion for a great follow-up to the conversation we've heard today. We have a resource. You've put this together called What Can Be Learned From a Cancer Journey? Mm. And I think it goes hand-in-hand with the conversation.
1: And that is the reason why we chose it. I wrote this uh, uh, resource uh, again because what i've learned and now i'm in the club and you know good news is i i just recently received my annual report yeah, i wanted and, to uh, mention
0: that i'm glad you brought that up
1: yeah and i am doing great uh my doc told me he didn't want to see me until another year and i'm working on uh going on my fifth year at this point so uh thanks be unto god for that you know i had a clean colonoscopy and etc uh but you know I've walked the path of of being a cancer patient, and there's some things that you can learn. There's some things to be learned from that experience, mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical. And so we wrote this resource, What Can Be Learned from a Cancer Journey, to give people some other things to think about and to process through. That cancer in and of itself uh has its own set of challenges and dynamics, right? But 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 are there some aha moments that come along with you learning things about yourself, learning things about people around you, learning more about your relationship with God. There are some other things that can be extrapolated from the journey of cancer that will be uh, helpful to one moving forward. And so this uh, resource will kind of help highlight some of those schools of thought to consider as you move through and work through a process of being a cancer patient.
0: And if you're a regular listener, you know that these resources are absolutely free. They're available right now on the website for download What Can Be Learned from a Cancer Journey? Look for that at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, let's circle back on Romans 5 as kind of an exclamation uh, emphasis here to end our conversation, Percy.
1: Yeah, what did we talk about in this conversation with Dr. Benson? Uh, the purpose of suffering, and why does one have to suffer? Well, verses 3 and 5 of Roman 5 says this, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God, that's right, and not of ourselves. But verse 3 is important. Listen, not only so, but we also— glory in our sufferings well why would we want to do that why who wants to glory in their sufferings well because we know or we should know or what we should have learned from this conversation that suffering produces perseverance perseverance produces character character then can produce hope and at the end of the day, I am going to stand in the front of the line and say the things that I've had to suffer through in my lifetime have certainly facilitated exactly what yep. the scripture says, and I'm a better person because of yep. it, even though I didn't enjoy that path or that journey <laughs> or that lesson.
0: It's hard to improve on what Paul said there, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it's pretty, pretty hard to top that at <laughs> yeah, the end of the day. So we thank the Apostle Paul for that revelation. For sure.
0: Hey, Percy, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, you, you have an assignment for us before next week.
1: Well, again, as we work through the challenges and tribulations of our life and our day and and times of suffering, remember, we have work to do, folks. So let's continue to keep chopping the wood. Don't give up and don't give in. Tomorrow potentially is a better day. We'll talk to you again real, real soon.
0: So thanks for listening today and join us next time for Health, Hope and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Our hospitals in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona are dedicated to making a difference in the lives of cancer patients. Our team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, and volunteers and support staff, all united by our desire to find cures and save lives. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. City of Hope is dedicated to tailoring a combination of cancer treatments to the needs of each individual patient. From advanced genomic testing to state-of-the-art technologies and evidence-informed supportive care therapies like spiritual support that target cancer-related side effects, comprehensive services are delivered by a team of cancer experts. Our national network also includes many clinical care locations, offering consultations and other medical services in a convenient outpatient setting. Learn more
1: at health